Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Hi, all. It's the ghost. You know, I'm a very big fan of discoveries and exploring and finding new things, treasures, valuables that maybe came from people before us that we can keep safe and learn from in our present day. Well, the same thing goes for the water, right? Our oceans. There are a lot of hidden treasures, things left behind by people that came before us. Some think there are worlds down there. Something there are even aliens down there. Maybe they've left some things behind. Either way, there are always those humans that want to go in and sort of wreck everything for the rest of us. I'm talking about those diving robbers that are looting all of our underwater treasures. And I say all of our because they belong to all of us. We are one in this world when it comes to the people that were here before us laying the groundwork and learning things that we take for granted today. I can't believe that humans would go as far as to try to become burglars of the ocean and our seas. It's incredible what humans will do. And I mean, you don't even know if you're going to get something under all that water that's lucrative. But you also don't have any law enforcement around you. I mean, I doubt the fish are going to come in and arrest you for taking something from the ocean. So this leaves a lot of archaeology authorities, though, feeling very helpless when it comes to stopping these kinds of thieves. A few years ago, the remains of a Crusader-era shipwreck and a hoard of gold they were found underwater in the Bay of Acre and have now been reported, all right? If the archaeologists had tarried, they might have found little beyond ancient rotting timbers. Diving robbers looting underwater sites are the bane of marine archaeologists. Can you imagine? The items stolen from the seafloor, ranging from coins to a life-size bronze statue of Apollo, all the way to scrap metal from World War II warships. They're usually sold on the black market. How fun. That's our history, guys. Worse, stopping the ravage of ancient sites is all but impossible. And the authorities, they admit this. They can hardly post underwater guards. They can't do that. The problem of maritime looting is especially acute in Israel, if you didn't know. The narrow Levantine coast has been inhabited throughout human history, and traces of long-vanished civilizations remain on land and underwater, observable to divers. At least if they dive soon, you know, before thieves steal it all and ruin the rest. Because what do we do? We take and we destroy. When someone in our human world finds something great, there's always the opposite to balance it out. Those other humans that will seek to come in 
take it, destroy it, do whatever they can to get whatever it is they need out of it, usually money. Experts will even say that if you see one of these artifacts for sale, it probably means that there's the destruction of at least hundreds of others that got them to this one artifact. Is that worth it? Who's going to buy it? What are you going to do with it? And what can we learn from it if it's just bought and put in someone's house somewhere? You know, the marine environment itself, it can be kind to archaeological artifacts, even sometimes preserving organic material like wood because it gets buried in the sand and things like that. Ships that sank off Israel, they were covered quite quickly in sediment since there's no headland or islands to shelter the shoreline. And after millennia of sailing, the 200-kilometer long Israeli coastline is now covered with shipwrecks. And these shipwrecks, what do they do? They call to all the thieves. They're vulnerable. In fact, many of the intact ancient bronze statues that have survived from antiquity come from the sea. Since those on land, they, get, they were melted down for reuse, right? Again, humans saw no value. Every storm, let's talk about that, it can bring up more artifacts from the seabed. And when that happens, then it becomes a matter of, well, who can get there first? The authorities or the thieves? You know, you're in a race, good against bad, you know. Shortly after the Israel Antiquity Authority reported the discovery of more than 2,000 gold dinars in Caesarea in 2015, treasure hunters seeking the same fortune visited one of the shipwrecks that had been excavated. And so when people return to this area that's supposed to be taken care of, they discover that some of the sandbags that were there to help protect it had been removed, some even cut by a knife, the wood was exposed, wood pieces of wood were broken from the hull. This is what happens. How do we stop it? And what will happen? Are we just going to erase our history by destroying everything and selling it off for a few bucks? I mean, this is happening all over the place all the time. Let's take the fishermen of Acre. I mean, they're famous for their gold and catches, catching not only the increasingly rare fish of the Mediterranean, but they're also collecting gold coins and things with their dragnets. Fishermen believe that everything that's in the sea kind of belongs to them, that God sent them to this place to bring it in with their net, essentially. But they don't necessarily realize or they're not really willing to accept that they can't keep their treasure. There is an antiquities law. And you might want to be aware of that if you decide you want to go deep sea diving for treasure. There are laws about this to help preserve it, preserve these kinds of things for us humans as an entire species, not just for one human or a group of humans. That stuff has been left behind for all of us. For example, a recent raid by the Antiquities Police finds more than 100 pottery vessels and items in a private house and acre. They also see items in restaurants and cafes, things that were fished out of the sea. Gardens, again, at people's private homes, they can be decorated with, you know, some ancient stone anchor that was found underwater. It seems like a good, exciting find, but you have to ask yourself, what gives you the right to keep it 
when it's just a part of our world because you found it. Well, in Israel, you might be a little lucky there. They don't have a law against selling antiquities. But when they work with these antiquities, they do, they're supposed to have uh, records, meticulous records that they pass from one to the other, showing that the artifacts did not get to them because they robbed them or looted them. But we know all that kind of stuff can be faked, you know, duplicated. So do we really have a ton of faith in that system? Not sure. I mean, fishermen or pretty much anyone who found antiquities before 1978, that's when the law was enacted, they have to prove their find was made earlier, after which then they can get a permission slip basically to possess the artifacts. And if they can't prove it, the state can actually come in and confiscate the object for 90 days to test it. And analysis can show whether the object was found a year ago or maybe 40 years ago. Handling depends if the person cooperated and provided information and if they are willing to hand over the artifact or not. And if they don't, this can result in criminal proceedings. So it's sort of like DNA, you know, guys, like if you're caught later and you got the DNA, you're just caught. Well, here, if you're caught with an artifact and you can't prove that you got it some regular way before 1978, there can be criminal proceedings brought against you. I don't think a lot of people think of that. They think, oh, what harm am I doing? I just have this here on my shelf. Nobody cares. But you know, there are people that do care. And all of these laws, they apply to fishermen, but they also apply to people like you and me, everyone. But to really enforce this is kind of hard, right? Because they could end up in your home. What are the chances of that? Probably pretty small, but I guess you really shouldn't have anyone over to see the artifacts in the first place then. You can start to live maybe sort of a paranoid lifestyle if you start hoarding marine antiquities. Protecting these sites that have this and these old artifacts in them, it's not easy. Though not that many people have a diving license or the itch to steal things from these sites, there are enough of them out there. The Israeli Navy controls the sea and 200-kilometer coastline. But it's not in the business of thwarting underwater looters. I mean, how can they even begin to monitor and survey the areas every day and make sure that no one's there? That would be almost impossible. They can only enforce the powers that they have in Israeli territorial waters also. This leaves all the international waters unprotected. So anything goes? Seems like it could be. But for all the digging and looting that happens, sometimes wonderful treasures still resurface. One day back in 2013, there was a local fisherman, Jadat. He discovered a rare bronze statue of the Greek god Apollo in the sea outside of the town, Dier Abala, Gaza. This almost two meter tall piece of work weighed about 300 kilograms. And with some help, he extracts it from the water and puts it in his family home with the statue's male parts all covered up. Well, after some weeks, rumors of this statue spread, just like I said, and the Palestinian authorities come in and confiscate it, promising to pay him some fraction of the value as compensation. And really, they don't have to do that. The Palestinian Antiquities Authority, for one, 
says it's worth around $340 million. This could help explain why the fisherman reportedly hasn't received his promised compensation. You know, if they said, hey, we're going to give you 10% of this, and then they find out it's worth millions, then what happens? Well, the next level of human steps in and they get greedy. Oh, well, we can't give you that much. That just doesn't make any sense. It changes with the dollar amount. Anyway, in any case, this statue mysteriously vanishes from the public eye in 2014, though it was in the possession of the police. So some speculate, well, I guess looting isn't just confined to thieves. Could one of their own and their police have taken this? It's hard to pass up something that's worth that much. But then when you get it out of there, let's say a policeman did take it, what does he do with it? I mean, this is a major find. You think, oh, I'm going to take this. This is worth so much. No one will miss it. But where can you go to get that money? Where can you find someone that's going to appraise it and not think something's up and they're just going to let you walk away with it? And then how are you ever going to turn it in for the money in the next phase? Now you know it's really worth that. How are you going to get that? Who's going to give you that amount of money without suspecting that you're up to something? It also is worth adding that some experts, including Jean-Baptiste Humbert, director of the Laboratory of Archaeology in Jerusalem, they don't buy the story of the fishermen finding this statue in the sea near Egypt. The statue's color and its excellent condition make them argue that it was discovered inland, maybe underground. But why would the fishermen lie? Well, maybe to avoid arguments of ownership, or maybe to avoid revealing that it was found while digging tunnels to nearby Egypt. So after you have ancient artifacts, looting, then you also get the lies. So then at the end of the day, a lot of times you have no idea what happened. You just hope that the artifact is safe. Of course, this problem of undersea looting that I'm talking about, it's not just something that's in Israel, right? I use that as an example. Nearly all known underwater sites of diveable death in the Mediterranean have evidence of looting. That's pretty sad. And it's a huge problem. People that actually want to find and preserve these things have found entire ancient shipwrecks just smashed to pieces under the water because people wanted to break them apart quickly and just find the valuables. They didn't see the value in the boat itself. And this stuff happens all the time. The ignorance of what it is that they're trying to dig up and find and take for all of that money, it destroys so many other things. It could have been worth even more, but they wouldn't know. They're looking for that shiny gold stuff, right? I mean, let's face it. Even if all the glory of the ancient world must for sure pass away at some point, it does seem unnecessary to try to speed up its process by destroying historical sites, these marine archaeological sites. But with not much else that we can do about it at this time, the oceans of the world have really been left to the mercy of the treasure hunters. And it's absolutely becoming an increasing problem. And, you know, the oceans are everywhere around the world. And to get everyone to come together to try to enforce something the same way, when everyone's arguing over the water and who has control of what, and we can't even agree on anything, how are we going to get to this? 
at the time of so much going on, it seems like a low priority. But we're going to get to a point where enforcement of anything about it might be too little or too late. Something to think about. Thank you for being here and thank you for listening. We all have the questions. That's why we stay curious.